Health Empowerment News, episode number 25. Welcome back to another episode of Health Empowerment News with Prof. Woodruff. This week, the devastation in Japan and his nuclear power, clean energy. And welcome back to another episode of Health Empowerment News with Prof. Woodruff. We're here in downtown Vancouver, Studio 604. Good morning, Croft. Good morning, and how are you today, uh, I'm doing all right. Just still uh, in the uh, aftermath of that earthquake. It's still top on my mind, all the dev- devastation that's going on in Japan there. Absolutely unbelievable, but uh, I'm sorry to say foreseeable. Mm-hmm. These, uh, these things happen and uh, it looks like uh, we're in for a lot more damage than, uh, than we are, we've already seen. First, there was the earthquake, 8.9 on the Richter scale in northern mm-hmm. Japan. And uh, then, of course, the tsunami that followed. What was the height of those waves? Oh, they, it was, uh, they, were, they were quite high uh, and going at 800 kilometers per hour. Yeah. So uh, just, just horrible devas- devastation in, whole the, in villages, the northern uh, towns. T- yeah, whole, whole villages, uh, 20,000 people or more. Uh, get swept away and maybe uh, they're lucky if there's 9,000 people left behind. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. And President uh, Obama uh, in the press conference said that it, this just reminds us how fragile life really is. And, That's right. Uh, and how uh, Mother Nature is has supreme power over the earth. And it also reminds us of some of the things that uh, we kind of... Uh, know about, but we kind of toss aside, you know. I, I, I could think of uh, some massacres that took place in Afghanistan, uh, you know, a, a decade ago or so, where th- thousands of uh, people were uh, suffocated to death in containers. Um, others were shipped off to uh, fight for another day. And, of course, then we can think of uh, incidences like... Uh, Whatever happened to uh, Nurse Naira? Do you remember Nurse Naira? She was the um, she was the she was the ambassador, uh, the Iraqi ambassador to the United States. Uh, she was his daughter, but she was posing as a nurse, and uh, she's 15 years old. She's testifying to a, a committee of uh, Congress and uh, senators of the United States, uh, uh, saying that she witnessed uh, Iraqi troops. Uh, dumping babies onto the hospital floor from their incubators. And uh, by the time it got around, it was uh, almost like 40 babies were, were dumped and buried in one thing or another. And it was, the lie was repeated again and again by so many people. And, of course, that was their justification to go after Iraq. And uh, yet uh, it turns out that uh, there might have been one or two babies, if not even that, uh, I doubt. One gentleman said that he doubts very much that the uh, Kuwaiti hospital would have any more than about two incubators, never mind 40. So this is a sort of uh, nonsense that goes on when they're warmongering. Yeah, there's uh, certainly uh, 
not too many good guys in the whole equation here. We've got, uh, uh, of course, Saddam Hussein had blood on his hands, and uh, and so did everybody else. So, but he he didn't have the weapons of mass mass destruction that we were told about that we had to take no, care of. No, and that was clearly a a uh, an excuse to get in there. That's right. We've they, got the same thing now with Libya. The weapons that they did have were completely destroyed in the first Gulf War. That's right. And they were supplied by, guess who? The United States. And they were uh, showing images of, uh, this is this is uh, my, my understanding of it. They were showing images of these installations that were uh, from 10 years prior. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those facilities were destroyed in the first Gulf War. And uh, and they knew that, but they just used that as, recycled it again you as, know, as propaganda to get the public in, behind uh, moving into Iraq, and you know that's a that's a totally different uh, scenario here. That's we're talking about tragedies, we're talking about disasters. Uh, in this case, and how we forget one disaster leads to another. It seems in this case the the, the earthquake is is not a man made disaster, or at least. Uh, uh, we don't believe that that it is. Uh, some people could argue that it's part of global warming or part of uh, uh, climate change or various other things that we're we're doing to the earth. But uh, really, it's a this is a this is Mother Nature uh, going, you know, about her about her business. That's right. And of course, when we consider what's happened with these nuclear power plants, one of them exploding and another one on the way. Uh, it's not nice to fool with Mother Nature. No, and that's uh, uh, one of the things I mentioned on on Facebook uh, earlier or late last night was, I guess the cleanest form of energy, because that's what nuclear and the nuclear energy industry builds themselves as the cleanest form of energy. I guess when they build themselves as the cleanest form of energy, they don't take into consideration the risk of of an earthquake. Because uh, a nuclear meltdown is far from clean, mm-hmm. and that's what's happening now, uh, or has the you know is potentially happening now. Uh, they have, as far as I know, there there isn't an out and out meltdown, but there is. Uh, they don't have the power to run the coolant system, and they're venting off radioactive steam, and in the area directly surrounding the um, the reactor, it's uh, one thousand times the normal levels of radiation. So. It's uh, so. What does one thousand times mean to any individual, unless they're really into uh, nuclear power, and uh, and nuclear radiation? It, mm-hmm. uh, it's just just another, you know, another word, if you will. One thousand times uh, times what, you know, and uh, so. Well, whatever would be, I guess, normal around a nuclear pow- power plant, the safe, acceptable levels. Uh, that acceptable are, to whom? That are there. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's another it's story again. It's frightening when you stop to think of it, because it, acceptable to whom? All, all I can say is is that an individual uh, who is concerned about uh, exposure to these things, um, you want to be as far away from these facilities as you possibly can be. And sure, where we are in the west coast of uh, Canada, we're, you know, a considerable, how many thousand miles away are we from Japan? And... Um, one of those uh, tsunamis did reach uh, parts of, uh, I understand, uh, north, north, uh, north uh, eastern BC, uh, Tofino or someplace like that. Also, uh, 
someplace in Oregon, they, they got it, and someplace in Northern California, they got a bit of, uh, of a tidal wave as well. And this time around? Yes. Uh, yeah, the, the, the brunt of the, the wave um, uh, didn't actually, it, it landed south of BC yes. uh, this time. So I guess they got a little bit of, in, in Tofino, they were, they were saying they got uh, some erratic waves and um, some weird currents and things like that going on. But uh, south of the border, uh, they, were, they were hit a little bit harder. Mm-hmm. Uh, one death was reported. Uh, some damage to marinas and things like that. But, um, yeah. So you don't know just how far away you can be from these things to be absolutely safe. My concern would be, uh, where do you buy your food these days? Uh, You know, um, you want to be, I think, buying locally grown. And uh, you also want to um, make sure that you intake... uh, uh, antioxidants that will help to protect you to whatever exposure you will have to um, the um, r- radiation increase that we will be subject to. Yeah, because uh, especially here on the West Coast, we've got, you know, Japan is directly across the Pacific mm-hmm. from us, and uh, the, the current, uh, the weather patterns and the winds are blowing directly to Vancouver, basically. Yes. Uh, so we are, uh, if there is a meltdown there, we could be subjected to uh, whatever levels of, of radioactive winds and possibly, I guess, uh, could be in the rain and, and, and we could be exposed to some radiation. So what what kind of natural products are good for kind of defending us against that? Well, if I was a woman who was, uh, you know, maybe a few weeks or a couple of months pregnant, uh, I would be taking uh, fair, fairly large increases of vitamin C, probably on the order of two or three grams a day or more. Uh, at least bring it up to the point where uh, you have uh, a, a um, uh, diarrhea, if you will. In other words, your bowel movements are, are much looser, which is a good sign that you are utilizing as much vitamin C as your, boss, your body possibly can. Uh, another important uh, factor, I think, is um, selenium is also an important antioxidant and uh, can have, a, 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 I would say, a, a positive effect on, on the body as far as being exposed to uh, uh, nuclear radiation or fallout. Uh, also, other antioxidants, uh, all, your, uh, all your antioxidants, really, vitamin E, vitamin A, uh, the carotenoids, uh, which are uh, also part of vitamin A, vitamin D, all of these things have, I think, a very important uh, effect. And uh, the only thing you can do is uh, just uh, uh, bring your intake up to the point where uh, you don't have any uh, effect like, say, diarrhea, as I mentioned, with regard to too much vitamin C, and uh, just bring them at, at higher levels. But also make sure that um, the products that you're buying are, are local and uh and of course, uh, for those people who are fortunate enough to have a garden, my advice to you is to plant a garden. And of course, it's just about the time of the year when spring is approaching and, uh, and a good time to consider uh, planting a garden. And uh, from that point of view, uh, we can do ourselves a lot of good. Over time, of course, uh, the effects of uh, what's happened in Japan will, will eventually wear off. We saw that with Chernobyl. Uh, when uh, that power plant uh, blew up, and it didn't even have a containment building, as I understand it. And um, they uh, still have uh, taken 
uh, whole populations out of there. Thousands of Russians were moved away. Uh, and, uh, and even now, uh, from the last that I read about it, is that uh, <clears throat> uh, wildlife seems to be coming back and uh, things seem to be gradually returning to normal. Even with Chernobyl, there was uh, fallout, radioactive fallout that had reached uh, other regions. That's right. Uh, France, uh, they had a higher incidence of mis miscarriages and, mm -hmm. and, uh, and I believe birth defects as well uh, in uh, close to the Alps there in Grenoble and other areas around there. Yes. Uh, so, you know, it, it doesn't, uh, it's not just an isolated uh, geographic area. Yeah. This... Um, you know the effects of the radiation can travel. Yes, with it's the like I said. If you uh, have already, you know, if you're if you're a woman and uh, you're you're expecting and you're a few months into uh, term, uh, this is a time to just be sure that you're increasing your antioxidant factors to help protect you against uh, any exposure that you may run into in this regard, as far as radiation is concerned. Probably good advice for. For everybody, absolutely, just to increase absolutely, their men and women level. for sure, because we're just as much exposed to it as women are in that regard. So you mentioned vitamin C, uh, vitamin D, uh, vitamin A, and, and uh, the other antioxidants, the carotenoids, which is your vitamin A, uh, pro vitamin A, uh, vitamin D. We mentioned uh, also selenium. Okay, why sel uh, why selenium? Uh, it seems to have uh, an effect of uh, of uh, binding up. Uh, uh, the um, uh, factors that uh, can cause uh, birth defects. It uh, does have a um, an antioxidant activity. Mm -hmm. How how well it's going to be in this regard, I can't really say. Uh, I think that uh, vitamin C is probably one of your best bets. Okay, and you also mentioned buying local uh, fruits and vegetables. Uh, buying local fruit and vegetables, and um, and be very careful about uh, where other fruit and vegetables that you're buying that are, you know, processed and canned and, uh, and coming from different places. I had an experience with um, uh, pears, not pears, I'm sorry, peaches from uh, China. And I swear to God, they, 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 I don't even think they were ripe when they were canned. And um, you just don't know what you're getting when you buy canned food. It's interesting because um, I'm just reading on the natural news site, naturalnews.com, that the town of Sed Sedwick in Maine currently leads the pack as far as food sovereignty is concerned uh, because local residents voted unanimously at a town hall meeting to pass an ordinance that reinforces its citizens' God-given rights to produce, process, sell, purchase, and consume local foods of their choosing uh, which includes even state and federally restricted foods like raw milk. And uh, it's the first declaration of its kind in to be passed in the U.S. and uh, is not going to be the last because several other main towns, including uh, Penobscot, uh, Brooksville, and Blue Hill, all have similar ordinances up for voting in the coming weeks. Yeah, and I think the public health authorities are going to have to sit down and really have a complete reappraisal of their position on on situations like uh, raw milk, because the bottom line is is that um, the problems that they claim that they had with raw milk had more to do with sanitation than it had to do with raw milk. Really? Yeah, people uh, not washing them their hands and uh, before handling food of any kind. I thought yeah. I thought the problem with raw milk was that it 
was marketed as a health product and was um, infringing, infringing on the big dairies. Well, I think that that would be a very good, uh, how do you say, uh, uh, position to take because, of course, uh, it is a threat to uh, big dairy. Everything that big dairy does, everything is pasteurized and homogenized and, uh, uh, and otherwise iced uh, to uh, maintain shelf life. Whereas anybody who is uh, interested in, uh, in accessing raw milk knows that they, they have a, a shelf life and that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have to eat, you have to drink it fairly quick. That's right. Uh, and Whereas uh, you you might be in more trouble uh, by keeping on hand uh, homogenized milk that uh, might be a few days over its uh, expiry date. It's interesting this law that was passed uh, down in Maine uh, in in this uh, community. Uh, it also declares that it's a crime for state and federal authorities to violate ordinance provisions in any way. Uh, it states that it shall be unlawful for any law or regulation adopted by the state or federal government to interfere with the rights recognized by this ordinance. So, uh, how did they get that through the legislature? Well, it's a uh, it's in their their own uh, constitution, their own town's uh, bylaws. I suppose. I see. So you'll have a confl- conflict between the town's bylaws and that of the state's bylaws. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if there is any action taken by uh, the federal government, the, uh, the FDA, uh, what kind of legal uh, ramifications there are. I'm wondering if they'll even acknowledge that uh, that ordinance as, as a valid... I, uh, would, I would say offhand that they'll probably just trample right over it like they've done everything else in the last... Uh, 30 or 40 years, uh, in so far as uh, democratic rights are concerned. Yeah, it's very interesting because same thing with uh, in California when they were voting on uh, legalization of marijuana for not just medical purposes, which it's 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 legal in in Washington in sorry in uh, in California for medical reasons, mm-hmm. but they they had a vote uh, last year to. Um, legalize it for recreational purposes too mm-hmm. but the it was defeated wasn't there, it? it was it was defeated by a narrow margin in the in the referendum or the the yeah. next time around it could very well be uh, well it was a close it was a close vote but the the uh, federal government uh, food the what's it the um, the drug enforcement agency they're the ones that will step in on it and uh, they're enforcing it federal law and they said yeah. whether or not uh, it passes in California. California is irrelevant. They're still violating federal law, yeah. and and we're going to enforce this thing. Yeah. So you know, but it's going to be very interesting to see how all of this turns out. One of the reasons why uh, the uh, authorities don't like marijuana is because it makes people peaceful, and you can't have peaceful people if you are on a warmongering society, which we happen to be. All you have to see what is going on in the Middle East, and you know that we are in a warmongering society. Yeah, and uh, I was reading an interesting article, this is a digression, but uh, uh, about how Iran and their bid for, uh, you know, nuclear nuclear weapon and... and uh, nuclear power. Nuclear power is uh, not aimed at who people think it's aimed at. And uh, this gentleman uh, was writing the article saying that Iran's real aggression is aimed at the Sunnis, 
because Persia used to be a, a you know the dominant empire in the region in the region, and they want to regain that that past glory, and they're uh, getting um, acquiring allies in uh, the various countries surrounding Saudi Arabia, and that they're planning a war with Saudi Arabia. What, what do you what do you think of that? I think it's just so much claptrap. Yeah. Yeah, it's, this is uh, the, this is the sort of hysteria that you see on uh, on Fox TV if you if you are unfortunate enough to have access to it, which fortunately I don't. But I see enough of what's going on uh, on other networks to know that uh, they've got a maniac running uh, on that network, as far as I can see, to allow such a program to even be on the air. Uh, it's nothing but claptrap. Yeah, yeah. So you think that story is... is it's just uh, just so much science fiction. That's all mm. it is. Yeah. Well, there definitely is... Um, it's kind of like, uh, you know, in Northern Ireland, Protestants versus Catholics. Mm-hmm. It's the Shiites versus the Sunnis. There is, mm-hmm. there is that tension there. But whether or not there's this uh, grand conspiracy to... Uh, and whose advantage is... Uh, in, uh, enabled, shall we say, uh, by uh, supporting such uh, uh, concepts, shall we say, uh, who is best advantaged by this? Uh, uh, I don't think that uh, a nuclear war is going to be to uh, Iran's advantage, and I think they they should well, I don't see that themselves when they see what's happening with just nuclear power. I don't. I don't uh, necessarily believe that they would want to use the the weapon but just no. having the weapon is is well act as a deterrent gives uh, them a, a a different position in the yeah. region but uh yeah so it's it's interesting to see how these how these things are going to get back to the the food thing and the, this ordinance that was passed in Maine uh, it's interesting to see how uh you know when people take the matter into their own hands in their local communities uh if you can change if you can pass change in in all the local communities, you've already uh, accomplished what you need to accomplish yes. in the in 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 nationally, anyways. So, if this kind of thing can spread at a grassroots level, uh, you don't really need to get the federal politicians uh, behind it, anyways. Because yeah. once everyone has uh, passed this in their local communities, it's already done. Yeah. So that's a. I think that's a good strategy to take in, in terms of this kind of. Uh, legislation. Don't worry about the people at the top. Just uh, pass it locally, and then once you f- once everybody's behind this, uh, it becomes a federal issue, anyways. Yeah. Both in in Canada and the the United States. And we'll just have and, to see how this all works out. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, now we were talking about you know protecting yourself from possible uh, you know radiation exposure, uh, exposure from. This, from uh, from in Japan. yeah, and and if there is any any fallout spreading out to wherever you happen to live, uh, but really this is something that is, uh, it's like uh, it's better off not to happen in the first place. So, like an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Uh, what are the alternative sources of power? Like what what is um, you know, there's a big push for nuclear power because it's it's. Uh, well, we've been told up to now that it was cleanest. Yeah, it's clean power uh, as long as uh, two things happen. Uh, a, a natural disaster like this doesn't completely destroy the the uh, 
the reactor mm-hmm. and, uh, and shut off power and prevent it from being able to function and then there's a meltdown. Or uh, the other thing that has to happen is that the, the, um, the plutonium or uranium and, and all this, these toxic uh, radioactive chemicals have to be stored somewhere. Yes. And they have to be stored safely. So it's not 100% clean by any means. Well, of course, you also have the fact that they've been using uh, depleted uranium, which is a by- byproduct of the nuclear power industry, uh, in, um, uh, in weapons of, uh, of destruction. Uh, these um, uh, n- uh, depleted uranium-coated uh, shells can go right into a tank and uh, just go right through it and destroy everything inside, and that's that. Mm-hmm. And then, then there's the depleted uranium itself, um, which... Uh, is a fallout as a result of uh, this uh, uh, this reaction, and of course uh, you have that to deal with. And uh, this is where uh, the the powers of this planet, uh, these these governments, have uh, betrayed the people of this earth because of uh, allowing this uh, depleted uranium to be used uh, in war technology. So this clean power. Uh you know, under the best circumstances, clean power. Uh, what are the alternatives? There's solar power. And solar p- technology has come a long way in the last few few years. Excuse me, there's, um, there's uh, now they have the technology to use paint that is... Uh, can, can produce paint. power yeah, from, the, f- from the sunlight. So you paint your car with a solar power and... It'll it will charge your battery charge for your you. Battery. Uh, also, there's regenerative braking. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the fact that the materials that we use for cars are heavy. Mm-hmm. So uh, instead of using uh, um, steel uh, for cars, you can use these composite fibers uh, uh, that are super, super strong and very, very light. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a, a book um, called the, I think it's called the Green Economy Uh I'll put it. I'll put it in the show notes. I'll just make a note now. Uh, yeah, I think it's called the green or, or green capitalism. I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll put that in the show notes. And he write. He's he he makes a, a huge point on these on these supercars. He calls them mm-hmm. uh, having the just as, being just as strong as as steel, but being super light. And with all these technologies added into them, they become uh, virtually uh, en- energy free. Mm-hmm. They don't. They don't use very much energy at all. By comparison to what we do today. Yeah, because we're we're taking these uh, huge tanks, like steel uh, uh, produced vehicles, mm-hmm. which we produce in this way because to protect ourselves or mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, but uh, these other fiber composite cars can be can be created with uh, to be almost as strong but uh, dramatically lighter, mm-hmm. and therefore it takes less energy to to move them. And uh, to make them, too, probably. Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, o- over time. And, 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 you know, also the cost of maintaining an electric car is much less uh, because there's, there's fewer moving, moving parts. Uh, you don't have this engine to deal with. An electric mm-hmm. engine doesn't have the moving parts. It doesn't need the service. It doesn't, doesn't need the, the uptake that a conventional uh, internal combustion engine does. And that's part of the problem. It's going to be quite a revolution. That's part of the whole problem of moving in, in this direction is because the, the automotive industry makes most of its its income from 
not the sale of the car, but the the regular maintenance and service of the car. There's a mm-hmm. multi-billion dollar industry in servicing vehicles, and uh, that's that's one of the uh, you know things that are are slowing down this whole move to electric vehicles. Mm-hmm. But uh, okay, so there's solar power uh, and and things we can do with technology to eliminate the need for for uh, fossil fuels as a, as a means of transportation. But there's also uh, wind power, mm-hmm. and I was just down uh, a couple of months ago down in um, Palm Springs, mm-hmm. and we took a bus, about a half hour bus trip over to the main outlet mall over there, mm-hmm. and there was literally thousands of these things uh, off the side of the highway in the in the desert there. Uh, quite a few of them actually weren't 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 uh, running, but. It was just amazing to see these these wind farms and and thousands and thousands of them. So, I, I mean, obviously we're doing it, but m- maybe we need to look at doing this at a higher higher degree. And up yeah. on we've got one running up on Seymour uh, on uh, Grouse Mountain. Is it Grouse Mountain? Pardon yeah, me. Yeah, up on Grouse Mountain, mm-hmm. and it's it's uh, apparently uh, providing uh, one third to one half of the needs of uh, Grouse Mountain's elect- electricity bill. Mm. So you know, built that hydro or uh, or the Grouse Mountain, Mountain. and there was a big fiasco over that because they got it all approved by uh, you know the the appropriate um, authorities, yeah, authorities uh, who are able to to approve these things, and uh, then they got it up there, and BC Hydro didn't let them get it going because they wanted to approve it, but mm-hmm. they, so they wanted them to g- jump through the hoops again with mm-hmm. them. So they were, I was talking to somebody up there who was before it because it was delayed for several months. Conflicts of interest. And eh? it was just like, okay, that's uh, just red tape that we don't need. But they finally got it going. Didn't oh yeah. They? yeah. Yeah. It's going. And uh, yeah, it's a, uh, it's very cool. So this kind of thing, uh, there's tidal power, mm-hmm. which is, uh, Harnessing the power of the of the, the ocean, ocean itself, yeah. itself as the tides come in and out to turn turbines. Yeah, the tide comes in and out once, uh, twice every twenty four hours, doesn't it? Uh, yes, I believe yeah. so. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, and so it's continually um, it would be creating power, and there'd be peak times where mm-hmm. it's creating a lot of power. Uh, then there's algae. Uh, fuel using um, uh, solar energy and algae to synthesize uh, liquid fuel, like kind of like, I'm not sure if you, mm-hmm. you wouldn't call that biodiesel, I guess, but it would be uh, creating ener- creating fuel using algae. And, and there's all sorts of things like this. Uh, I uh, subscribe to a newsletter, uh, an email newsletter called uh, Gizmeg. It's from uh, the folks over at gizmeg.com. And it's a lot of technology technology stuff. So over there, you'll you'll get like information on 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 tablet computers and uh, uh, all sorts of things. But in addition to that, you'll get uh, a ton of information on green energy technology as it comes out. So as the research comes out, they publish it. And there's all sorts of other sites that cover green energy. But this one is is I find it's uh, it's pretty ener- pretty uh, informative. So mm-hmm. if you go over to gizmeg.com, I'll put that in the show notes as well. Uh, to me, when I see all these innovative technologies coming out, I don't really see the the need to produce all these nuclear power plants. Uh, 
China is produce is has uh, has plans to to build 28 new uh, nuclear power plants in uh, in its country mm-hmm. by uh, in the next uh, eight years, mm-hmm. and a heck of a lot more after that. So, um, you know, sure, uh, in, in the best case scenario, it could be the cleanest power if everything is done right yeah cleanest source of power but well the japanese could have made it right had they uh, instead of relying on battery backup they'd have another a couple of the diesel generators handy yep and there could, should be constant contingency plans in place for everything but mm-hmm. you know uh, to me you don't say something is the cleanest form of energy under the best possible circumstances mm-hmm. you have to take into account the worst possible mm-hmm. circumstance yes. because when there is a natural disaster uh, and we're dealing with wind power I mean we, we what we, we're going to lose the the turbines mm-hmm. we're not going to cause a radioactive uh, d- disaster well this is what gets me they have all that steam coming off of those um, reactors and you'd think that they would have had it set up that they'd uh, they'd pull that off and have it turning turbines and generators. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, they've got so much of it. You'd think they'd be able to have, uh, have something to do with it. Besides, you know, they should. In other words, it's fail safe. And unfortunately, as far as I can figure out, they didn't really do enough in terms of fail-safe as concerned. This is a this isn't a this is a small amount of of energy that that I'm I'm thinking of right now. But uh, there's just an example of the kind of things that come that I've been reading on this Gizmag site is they've got um, uh, shoes, you know, because you're walking every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you if you walk to work or if you you know just walk around throughout the day, uh, they've got. You, these shoes that have a little, uh, it's like a spring mm-hmm. in the heel. And uh, the spring, because you're compressing it and, and releasing it mm-hmm. ongoing as you walk, mm-hmm. uh, it can generate just enough enough power to charge your iPod or your cell phone. Or, or a small uh, radio, something like uh, that. Yeah, something sure. like that, just from walking around. And that's the energy that you're spending anyways. Yeah, exactly. So we're just capturing things that we're doing on an ongoing basis and capturing the energy. Another thing um, down in the States, there's, a, I think it's a, a Burger King chain, if I remember correctly. Uh, they put uh, these, it's like kind of like a scale mm-hmm. where the person drives onto the scale through the drive through and it causes a compression. Mm-hmm. And so every time they, the cars drive over these, these uh, generators is what mm-hmm. they are because mm-hmm. it's, it's the weight of the car causes the, the turbine or whatever, the piston to move. And it turns a turbine or something or other. Yeah, and, and, and it generates uh, uh, electricity. So imagine if you had these things on a busy, busy street, mm-hmm. just one after the other as the cars drive through on their daily rush hour mm-hmm. traffic, it could generate electricity. These kind of things are uh, basically, they say there's no such thing as, as free energy. Uh, that there, that because of the third law of thermodynamics, we can't create energy out of nothing. But mm-hmm. if if we're using this energy anyways, yeah, for you're, people that get to work, motion, you will certainly have a certain amount of loss uh, as the vehicle goes over this uh, treadmill, if you will. But uh, but the energy that you do get, it's yeah. all going to come down to whether the cost of the technology is worth the capture of the yeah. energy. Yeah. Another thing is there's uh, someone developed um, 
that is, and you can find this at gizmag.com if you do a, a search on their site. Uh, somebody developed a way to harvest Wi-Fi signals and convert it into energy. So right now I've got a a, a, a modem running a, a Wi-Fi si- a signal, a router, and I've got my computers here um, who, that that are connected to that and use and connected to the, to the internet wirelessly. But there's somebody developed uh, this little device that will harvest the Wi-Fi signal and convert it into energy. So you could charge your your cell phone or your computer uh, just by the all the hotspots that are emitting this Wi-Fi signal. Mm. All, all, so the unused Wi-Fi signal can be harvested and turned into energy. So, so these kind of again. innovative uh, technologies that are that are coming out. Uh, and, you know, the way I look at it is technology is is a double-edged sword. Uh, it, technology is beautiful. And we can use it to save us or we can use it to destroy us. We get to decide. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and, you know, historically we've made some pretty bad decisions. Uh, so it's time that we started making some good ones. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, always, always, always at uh, somebody else's um, unfortunate uh, circumstance, it seems. Yep. And, uh, yeah, so basically, you know, the message today is, uh, is nuclear power safe? Uh, not when it comes to uh, a devastating earthquake. Nine point eight point nine magnitude, pretty yeah. high. Yeah, it, it was uh, 500 times as powerful as the 1989 San Francisco earthquake, mm-hmm. which kind of puts it in perspective. Mm-hmm. And that was 1989 in San Francisco. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So 500 times, I believe, is what they said. Mm. So, um, yeah, so that's that's it. For, that's all I have to say on that topic. What about you, Croft? Well, I really haven't got much more to say about it as far as I can. There's so much uh, that uh, we're going to be coping with, I'm sure, over the next uh, few years with regard to this situation in, uh, coming out of Japan. And I'm sure there's going to be some um, job openings for uh, really good and skilled PR professionals uh, that are going to be hired by the uh, nuclear power industry. And try and get it across that it's not as bad as we think it is. Yeah. Or to spin it. And uh, yeah. I guess that's it for this week. We'll see you again next week. And uh, thanks for for uh, the chat today, Croft. Yeah. And if you have a question, in particular on health and nutrition, which is my favorite, uh, um, I guess, venue, I'd be glad to hear from you. Yeah, just uh, give us a call at one eight seven seven six three six one four seven four, and uh, we'll uh, get you into the show if that's what you want. Otherwise, you can ask a question, and we can read the question uh, out uh, ourselves. Uh, or if you want to send an email, you can send an email to um, Croft. Well, you can be Croft dot Woodruff at gmail dot com. That will that will get me. Yeah, or you can send it to, to myself as well if, uh, at andrew at podcasthero.com. And that's it for this week. We'll see you again next week. Yeah.